Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 112 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee-ki our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Mark Hoffmeyer of the Deep Blue Sea Pod, Conair Pod, and Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Ah, you know, last episode I was in the air duct. This episode I am inside a helicopter. Very loud, but I got a really great condenser mic. So I hope you can edit a lot of this out. All right. I, I will I will do my best to, to edit as little out as possible so people can enjoy our conversation even better. <laughs> at least twenty not twenty at least twenty-five percent. Okay. We'll, as we'll, we'll do talk about later in the chapter. You know, twenty twenty, twenty-five percent. You know, I I I can live with that. <laughs> These guys are terrible. They really are. They really are. So minute one twelve begins with John and Carl continuing to frolic in the pipes and ends with Hans uh, gaining a new idea for a strategy. So yesterday we ended things with with uh, John and Carl fighting uh, very ferociously uh, throughout the the, the this, these empty areas of the building, and the last thing we saw was. John being thrown onto a, 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 I guess, a pile of pipes, and then Carl, uh, like leaping forward to jump onto him. So they they continue their their fight through the the first part of this minute. Uh, at a certain point, John ends up getting the upper hand and grabs Carl's head and begins to bang it against the pipes. I mean that that's just that's really brutal. Did you count how many times he does, does that? Yeah, he does it three, doesn't he? And then he punches no, he him in the back his, of the head. No, he twice. bangs his head twice and then punches yeah, him twice. three times. You know, while while Carl is still down. I mean, this this is definitely street fighting at its best. Carl's skull is made of adamantium. Just let uh, you know. It's very possible. That that's very true. Now, now, Mark, in the previous seasons, okay, you were in the the Great Escape. We we knew you as uh, Goon Mark, and then in Plane Trains and Automobiles, you were known as TSA Mark. So, wh- where is your character in 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 this in this week at any point? Do you think so? Oh, I mean, listen, these terrorists are too classy to be me. I I couldn't be like Goon Mark would never get hired to be in this crew. Like no, these are classy, best of the best. So I would not be part of this terrorist crew. Well, I was no, thinking, I I was thinking that you'd be known as maybe Eurotrash uh, Mark or something like that. Yeah, no, you know, you know, you're, even Eurotrash Mark just isn't classy enough to be part of this crew. Like he's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like, just like you got to wear sweaters and you got to dress up well. You're like, well, you Mark, can you can you can be like Tony and and wear sweats. You know, I'm, I'm still I'm still either. after so many months trying to figure out where he hide where he hides his his wallet. You know, if he's wearing yeah, sweatpants. I, mean, I don't even have the confidence to wear sweatpants like that. So it would I would not be part of this group. I would I would not fit in. I would not be hired. I don't think I would be part of the Nakatomi people because I think I would just be very I, I I couldn't play scared to save my life. So I wouldn't be one of those extras. I would be one of the cops that gets stuck in the thorn bushes. That's what that's in the rose bushes. That's what no, my character okay. would be. Yeah. It was, you know, it'd be I would be cop so you're, in this movie. So I would say you're 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 prick mark, right? Yeah, prick mark. Yeah, I'm I'm prick mark. <laughs> I'm I'm Sergeant Prick, and I get stuck in the rose bushes, and I'm like ah, like that's where I am. Like I'm one of those guys that 
goes up to the door and gets shot in the leg. And then they have to carry me out of there after I get stuck in the roses. That's me. I live, <laughs> but I have a leg injury. Like, I'm okay. not successful. All my characters in these movies can't be successful. Like, in Great Escape, no, they escaped sure. from me. Like, they're like, where's where's Mark? Like, he just, you know, wasn't paying attention. Everyone escapes. So, you know, like, I can't. I couldn't and be TSA one, Mark couldn't didn't, yeah. didn't stop, uh, you know, didn't, didn't stop Neil from, from getting punched out by the taxi driver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't do any of that. And I think I would, if they did like a, if this was like a blue collar thieves, I would fit in well. I'd wear like a cardigan. I would show up. I could be one of the blue collar crew in this movie. If a bunch of Americans infiltrated so, a Dutch bank, so I you're, could be you're one Ellis. of the Americans. You're Ellis. What's I'm Ellis. I mean, yeah. You got the you got yeah. the beard for it, Mark. I I could be Ellis, <laughs> but yeah, I could I I would be in this movie that we made. Americans go to Holland, steal from a bank. We're fighting Dolph Lundgren. He's the hero. I'm the villain. My name my my nickname would be Finley. Uh, I would be the second one to go. Uh-huh. Okay. Feels feels right. Feels right. I would get. I would. I would. He would drop me into a fish tank. That's how Finley would die, <laughs> in our hypothetical movie. But in this one, I am Officer Prick, because I get stuck in the rose bushes. And I go, Sergeant ah! Prick. Sergeant Prick. Yeah, Sergeant Prick. And then I get shot, in the yeah. leg. I could do that. <laughs> I could feasibly do that. So that's it, right there. That's my character. Not right. one of the officers who gets hit in the rose bush. Okay. You see, it's yeah. great that we were able to figure out who who Mark is in this movie. So yeah. <laughs> no, I thought about this, but I I couldn't be one of these guys. I don't look. These guys look cool. Your hair's not long these enough. These yeah, these henchmen look cool though, and they look suave. I don't look. I'm not a suave guy. I don't even think I could try to. I did. I was in a show one time though, and they said I was too L.A., which didn't make sense. And then they they didn't want me to be a cop because they're supposed to be blue collar cops. I still got paid for the day. But they said I was too LA, even though I'd never been to LA. So yeah, that was that was kind of odd. But you yeah, just didn't dress right. No, well they put me in a cop's uniform, but they said I, I guess I meant I was like too LA, like handsome or something. Like I wasn't like a a, a country cop. They said I could never be a country cop. That's very strange. Okay. Yeah, but I got paid, and I just hung out and drank coffee in the outfit. Okay. They never used me. All right. Hey, so, that yeah. worked. Why not? So at this point, John continues beating on Carl, and I love how he taunts Carl, you know, as he's he's finally John is is winning the fight. You know, he's just like beating mm-hmm. on him, and he goes, "You should have heard your brother squeal when I broke his f- neck," <laughs> which That's, is a fun line. You know, it's 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 a little too much, but it's it's still great. People got to learn. You, you like heroes. I hate it when they're like. I'm going to go and I'm going to kill your kids after this. And then the hero's like, no, and saves a day. If you're fighting somebody, don't make them angry for, like, don't further angry them. Don't give them a chance to Hulk out. McLean, I mean, he just can't get over himself. He's still kind of a punk. He is a loud mouth and he doesn't have much impulse control. So I guess it matches the character. But if you're beating up a terrorist and you have the upper hand, don't make him Hulk out or pull an ultimate warrior by talking about how you killed his brother. Like, exactly. Keep your mouth shut. You know, if you're a villain, don't talk the hero and be like, "I'm gonna go to your house and shoot shoot your dog." 
well, that's just that, don't even that's say like the James Bond type of thing. You know, that the, the villain has to, to tell you what he's going to do next. Yeah, I just don't do it. If I'm the villain and I have the hero on the ropes, I'm gonna be like, hey, we're out of here. We'll see you later. Uh, here's money for a cab. We'll check you later. Peace. And then I would go blow up his dog. But I wouldn't infuriate him by telling him that I would blow up his dog. Like, I don't want to make him run, rush home. Are you talking about oh, John well, Wick or are you talking about someone else? Uh, no, not the Baba Yaga. Like, I would, like, I would pull someone adjacent to him, but was like the, the JV version of John Wick. If that makes sense. The junior okay, varsity. That makes sense. The JV, JW. I would blow up his dog. But I wouldn't tell him. So while he's in the cab going, these oh, those are nice villains. Like they gave me money to ride my cab home. I'm, just, you know, maybe I should stop at Starbucks. Boom. Right. Never taunt him. That's my theory. Okay, I I agree with you. I think it it it's 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 too much. And I don't think that I mean it's funny that he says it, but I. And you know what? If you think about it, I I think it is something that 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 John McClane would say. Yeah. You know, it fits with the character. It's out of place, oh. but it fits with the character. Oh, it's it's great writing for McLean, but not for, you know, Sergeant Prick. Sergeant Prick would never say that. Right. Goonmark would never say that. Goonmark doesn't. I don't. Have, I'm not as braggadocious as McLean <laughs> is. So I would never. I would never act that way. That's for sure. Right. Okay, that makes sense. All right, then the, the shot changes, and we we get a shot of of two helicopters flying towards or flying around through through the LA skyline. Now do, do you know what do you know what type of helicopters they are these are? Uh I do not, but I'm assuming you do. These are Hueys. Oh I was you could go to the internet movie plane database and pull up everything yeah. from this film and look it up. That's right. That is very and they used but I, did, I, did, to, they, I, oh, you I didn't even do I didn't do that. Oh you already knew I knew this Hueys. was a Huey. I knew there were Hueys. These, these so Hueys. we have helicopter Hueys, and we have Huey Lewis guard in this movie. There so there's go. a lot of Hueys. There's a lot there of Hueys in this movie. There Triple is, Hueys. There is. Do, you, do you know what the, the real official name of a Huey is? Um, the Let's see. Without looking uh, it up. Huey. <laughs> so Huey, the official name of Huey. The Let's see, the official name. So H. It is the... Um, the uh, nope, I don't know it. I okay, can, so you, you were you were you were you were on the right path at the beginning. So a, it's it's known it's a it's a Bell uh, Iroquois. Okay, that's the name of the oh. of of the line of things, and it was originally designated as an HU one uh, Iroquois. Okay, hence. They got the name of the Huey, H-U-1. Oh. But a few years, when they were still in the process of making it, they, they changed the name to U-H. Uh, but the, the name Huey still stuck. So it was continued oh. to be used as, uh, you know, it's been used now for for 70 years. Okay. So the it's a utility military helicopter that was made by a Bell Helicopter Company. And... It was the first member of the prolific uh, Huey family. There have been numerous other uh, helicopters that have come out since then, you know, that are also that are part of the the, the same type of you know uh, group of of helicopters. It was the first turbine powered helicopter that was that was being used, 
it was uh, first used in combat during the Vietnam War when it was first it was deployed there in uh, March of 1962. During Vietnam, it was used for general support, air assault, cargo transport, uh, aeromedical evacuation, search and rescue, electronic warfare, ground attack missions. It was also used for reconnaissance operations, psychological warfare, and many other types of support roles. It is equipped, you or was equipped during Vietnam with rockets, grenade launchers, and machine guns. Okay, how many Hueys do you think were deployed during uh, Vietnam in Vietnam by the Americans? So we're talking from sixty-two till seventy-five. Okay, so forty-five thousand. No, 7,000. There were 7,000 of them. But now here's a better question. That was my first guess. Really? Okay. You should have gone with your guy. Yeah, but I always do 45. I don't know why. Okay. All right. They're divisible. Yeah, that's true. And of those 7,000 helicopters, how many of them do you think uh, were destroyed in in combat or during during Vietnam? 6,123. No, they're they're a little off, so it's uh it, it's 3,300, but that's still uh, a really high number. Think about it. There were, 50, there were 58,000, you know, uh, deaths of soldiers in Vietnam, and there were 3,300 helicopters that were that were destroyed. That that's a lot. They said helicopter pilots were nuts out there. Not nuts, but, you know, you had kind of had to be. Hearing the stories about, like, the making of Apocalypse Now and the helicopter pilots and who they were based on, the people they talked to. Also, yeah. this is dangerous. They're flying through L.A. in these things. <laughs> and, they're, and they're flying really low also. And like, I know they had, they had 24 cameras. They only ended up shooting for about 30 minutes uh, because, you know, the cops were like, this is way too dangerous and the neighbors. But they did that. That's... Like, I've worked helicopter stunts before. I wasn't in the helicopter, but we shot with helicopters, and they take forever. So the fact that they got all this in 30 minutes with 24 cameras, I can't believe they – like, after after Twilight Zone, I'm amazed they did this. Like this. Wow. I, I, was just about to, I was just about to start talking about the Twilight Zone. So why, why, yeah. what do you know about Twilight, Twilight Zone and Huey's? Well, I mean, the, the death of the actor and the two children, there was a helicopter – Correct. Vic Morrow and two children. Vic Morrow and two children. The pyrotechnics went off, hit the hit the helicopter. Vic Morrow had two children in his arms. The helicopter came and just blasted them, like was sawed sawed I, right through them, killed. I, right. I think I think it actually decapitated them. Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, Every that happened one on, of those on the twenty third of July in nineteen eighty two. So we're talking just six years before this movie. All those people should be in jail. They you should never have had children there with a helicopter that is the fact that he kept making movies landis i don't need to get on a soapbox but that's money right there that's money speaking but to put children like and pirate pirate yeah it's just yeah so watching the scene but i'm still impressed by the pilots what they got out of it you know they had two hours to do it the neighbors were mad but once again, what, what what's great about Die Hard is you get that feeling, you get that rush. I mean, the Johnsons on the plane are selling it really well. Uh, they're really into it. They're talking about the 25%. You have this whole new element of characters coming in, and it works. It it does. It looks great. You get the practical shots. They did it, and it looks really good. But yes. Louise is a dangerous. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no question about that. So basically, you know, the helicopters come in, and as you said, they have some great uh, external shots of the helicopters flying through through LA. We're going to have that today. We're going to have it a few other times this week, too. And then, you know, they, they focus in on, on the, the inside of the helicopter, and we get to see, uh, you know, Little Johnson and Big Johnson there. And Little Johnson says to Big Johnson, so what do you think, what do you, what do you figure the breakage? Then Big Johnson goes, figure we take out the terrorists, lose 20, 25% of the hostages tops. And Little Johnson looks at him and goes, I can live with that. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then he turns oh, to the man. pilot and goes, keep this thing on the deck. They're expecting transports, not gunships. So <laughs> it's just, first of all, this is a great conversation between the two of them. You know, because it, mm-hmm. it really just shows that they don't really care about the hostages at all. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you say that there's 30 hostages and they're saying we're going to lose 20, 25 percent of them. So they're saying that ba- basically anywhere between five and eight hostages are going to get killed here. You know, and we don't care about them. Oh, man. They're, they're just, yeah, they're just hot shot. Pie. Like, it's funny that you almost create secondary antagonists. As well as yeah. all the other antagonists. But still, I mean, they needed to write around a lot of what Bruce Willis not being available. They needed to add characters. They needed to work. And these guys sell it for sure. I mean, they're memorable. I mean, when you have characters like the, the Johnsons, they're just so memorable. That's what this movie's great at. It's just so many side. You know, a movie's good when you know the characters' names. How many of these yes. agents have we seen in other movies? I couldn't tell you the name of. Really, you know, most of these diehard knockoffs, I couldn't tell you the name of most of the characters, but the fact that we're talking about the Johnsons, I can, I know it right off the bat. No, but that's like, also that's because of the joke. You get that, you, you're going to understand that because of the two jokes that they say about Johnson. Yeah, but I don't know. You even, I don't know. You know, good I'm, I'm Agent though. Johnson. I'm Special Agent Johnson. No relation. You know, that type of yeah. thing. And then, and then you have the other line that they're going to, that they said, I think it was last week, where he goes, uh, yes, this is Johnson. No, the other one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it worked but you're right yeah. we remember the names of these characters you remember the name of Robinson you remember the name of, of Thornburg because they're they're memorable characters even though they're not the main focus of the movie no not at all but I mean so, they found a way to really create some cool side characters that are super yeah. memorable and that 20 you never really hear that in a movie where they're just so gleeful about it they're like yeah I can live with that it's <laughs> No problem. A few, a few dead hostages. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so gnarly. Oh geez, Louise. But the shots were great. Clear. Because out also downtown. later on, later on, when when you find out what happens to these two characters, you you don't care because of this conversation. It's mm-hmm. it's this this conversation is is what makes us unsympathetic to them. You know everything Probably. else they, they said beforehand. Er, exactly. Everything else beforehand, they're 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 basically talking as bureaucrats so who cares you know they say okay you know you're, you're gonna lose your job or they say that you know that that we're here to assess the situation like who cares but because they have this short little conversation where they basically say we don't care about the hostages so when they meet their demise uh was it next week i think or two weeks from now no one cares you know, we actually in some ways cheer the fact that they're dead yep because they're just their death very despicable. And a great miniature shot, which I'm sure you'll have a great time talking about that Joel Silver yeah. wanted. Yeah. That'll yeah, be fun. Sure. To, that'll be fun to discuss. <laughs> right. But and I, mean, I love the way 
I love the I'll way that these it. helicopters, as they're moving, they they really move in sync. Yeah. You know, there's I mean, they like got the best tandem the between they, them. They got the best in the world. You know, like just they couldn't hear you. Oh, wait, that guy's not wearing goggles up there. But yeah, this, the two of them moving. I mean, you have to get the best. Well, in the you, world can see to fly. The, you can see the fake shot when we show the, them inside yeah. of the helicopter. You know, the the L.A. skyline looks painted on. You know, it's 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 a, it's a green screen or whatever they used the equivalent of back then because of the way it's just moving back and forth. You have the guy looking out the window. You know, <laughs> he's facing out the window, and that's it. Oh man! And then this, you're right; they are in sync. But I mean, you get the best in the business to do this. Like you get, you get really pros and you can tell and that adds so much to it uh i can you know me like you know how much you know how many pas they had to have they probably had to have <laughs> hundreds hundreds wow. because you have to lock off streets apartments like you have to like are there a, do you think there are apartments here or these are mostly businesses but i mean there's people probably working late you got to have somebody at the entrance no but maybe they're doing this these. at three in the morning or something like that you know I mean, janitors. Like you Maybe got, they're doing it on Christmas Eve. Janitors. When you nobody's got, there but people who go to the Nakatomi you know, party on Christmas Eve. If I'm a producer, I am putting a PA in every single one of those buildings at 3 a.m. Because right. you don't want to have somebody walking out during this. You don't have much time. You don't want to shot wrecked by angry people with signs or someone just sauntering out. It's dangerous. It's like I've right. been on shoots before where we shot on one block. You bring in 50 PAs. Wow. Like the accountant, there's a car chase, 50 PAs. You had on every street, you had someone on every corner, PA on every corner, because you don't want to have somebody getting walked out and, and hit. And these are helicopters. So, yeah, yeah. you have the, the lockup that you need is absurd. It's absurd lockup. So, yeah, hundreds are needed. Wow. But still, it still looks great. It still yeah. looks wonderful. I mean, yeah, and, you know, it's deserted because it's late at night. It's Christmas Eve, yada, yada. Uh, but they didn't shoot it during that time. So, no, obviously not. Yeah. But yeah, I just love it. I love it. It looks great. We get the fight scene back. No, gets the, shot, the shot changes and we, we can see Uli. Oh, yeah. Yuli. Yuli. And Yuli, yeah. Yuli is, is prudding everyone up the stairs, you know, screaming at them. You know, saying, move it. Come on, move. Come on, come on. Move it. Let's go. Move. <laughs> more good dolly work that's for sure keeping up with yeah. him as he goes up the stairs which will come to play later yeah which oh, yeah. great because i love the fact that he ascends the stairs with them you know he's like move it, move it, move it. and then like as one of the last guys goes he's like pushing him a little bit and then starts going up with them you know hurting he's like hurting them basically yeah isn't it great yeah it's it's, it's capturing the momentum it looks great and can I can I ask? Like, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna move into the scene where Gruber throws Bonnie Bedelia down, Holly down. But I love how he puts his hand in his pocket to talk on the walkie-talkie. Hans Gruber is so classy that when he talks on the walkie-talkie, he puts his hands in his pockets. Because <laughs> he's not really talking on a walkie-talkie. Yeah, <laughs> I just love it. It just puts his hands in his pockets. He's so chill, yeah. and he buttoned up his suit too when he's standing up. He has this, the the it buttoned up. Gruber's classy. Yeah. I don't think and I then, ever put so, my hands in my pockets when I talked on the walkie-talkie on set. Hmm. No, you'll have, to, you'll have to start doing that. And when someone asks you, Mark, why are you doing that? And you're like, I'm doing Hans Gruber. Just wear a suit to set. Everyone <laughs> think I'm the weirdo. Tell them that you, you got what, you know, Arafat buys it from there also. <laughs> 
so ah. so Leo, so Theo and 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 Christoph are you know still working on the putting all these bonds into into bags. Yeah, they definitely came prepared with 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 enough bags to to haul out to, you know six hundred million dollars worth of of bearer bonds. Jeez. And as they're doing that, you see uh, Hans show up and he goes, Theo, a little bonus for us. <laughs> now, because he enters the vault with Holly and you see Eddie behind him. So apparently, even though the script wanted Eddie to go upstairs in the movie, Eddie stays here. Yeah, you know, they know what they know where the, the importance is. It's the money. Yeah. And, and Holly, at this point, this is the first time she sees what they're actually doing. So she now knows what what the plan is. Mm-hmm. You know, which tomorrow she'll talk about it, but to, for today, I think it's tomorrow, maybe, maybe it's on Thursday, but for now, she, she just keeps silent. And then he like pushes her to the floor. You know, he doesn't do it very gently. And he goes, please sit down, sit down. So he's being polite as he's pushing her down. Yeah. Which he's is one of those snide people. He's one yeah. of those snide people that you think they're being nice to you, but they're just being really mean. Yeah, Holly exactly. goes down easy though. But I mean, and I she goes, "Hey, she, hey!" Yeah. She screams, up, "Hey!" <laughs> Good camera work though. Yeah, and then Hans oh, turns shot. to Theo. That's right. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, long shot there. And and then Hans turns to Theo again and goes, "A policeman's wife might come in handy." Now, wh- what do you think a policeman's wife can come in handy for? No, I'm 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 asking this seriously. John is not an LA policeman. You know, it it could come in handy for for bargaining with John, but it wouldn't come yeah, in that's... handy with bargaining with Powell or with Robinson or anything like that. And, and at this point, why does he need to bargain with him? His plan is is still working, even though most of his men are dead. He should have said the policeman's wife. She'll be right. handy, right? Because then that all would have been or, solved. Because you have John McClane's wife. Yes. With a gun to her head. So you have a kind of a trump card there. Correct. Unless there's tape around. And then you're in trouble. Well, uh, you never know. Yeah. But yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that, if he's, yeah, if he said the policeman, that would have been it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does what you said. He puts his hand in his pocket and pulls out his, put and like lifts up the CB to his hands and gets ready to talk and doesn't, doesn't get to talk. Well, people are going to have to come back tomorrow to hear what, what Hans has to say here. Maybe it's something important. Who knows? Order pizza. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's you, did, what? you did say 30 minutes or less, didn't you? Yeah, hey. <laughs> the pizza people come and they sneak out in the pizza van. <gasps> there you go. That That's that's the part for Mark. Yeah, you pizza guy Mark. Pizza guy? Yeah, actually... I still think Sergeant Prick is better, but you know. Yeah, Sergeant, I, I'm shot still. I'm I'm getting my my wounds healed. Yes. So yeah, no. <laughs> I couldn't. I don't think I could play a pizza guy. I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I don't think I have the pizza guy vibe. Hey, JJ Abrams did it. I, I don't know. I don't I don't see myself. Do you know what movie? Do you know what movie he played the delivery boy in? Um, let me guess. He played the delivery guy in, let's see, he was running a movie in the 90s, 92, 98, he wrote that, so then maybe before it, he was in there, so then probably something like, uh, Leaving Las Vegas. 
No, but it was, it was a movie that he wrote. He didn't write Leaving Las Vegas. Armageddon? No, I'm just joking. Nope. No, 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 no. Re- regarding Henry. Oh. With Harrison Ford and Annette Benny. I actually just rewatched it last week. It was a fun movie. Oh, man. He's been around forever, JJ. Yeah, yeah. So you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? Uh, helicopter gags are crazy. This is nuts. I'm amazed they pulled this off. And I have a lot, like, you know, 24 cameras. That's a lot of work. Yeah. That's a big scene. People don't realize yeah. how big that scene was. But it worked. So yeah, and, that's it. and and it's all within less than a minute. <laughs> it's like twenty se- twenty seconds of screen time. Jeez Louise! Hey, they did it. They that's got what right. they needed. That is true. So th- this minute has a few minor discrepancies in in the, the script. Not too many. First of all, when when John taunts Carl, instead of saying you should have heard your brother squeal, he says you should have heard your brother scream. Again, not much of a difference there. But then it says, Carl steps in quickly with a deadly move. McLean twists free, slams an elbow into Carl's kidney. Carl backs off, circles McLean with a new kind of respect. Mm. And then uh, the, the conversation between Big Johnson and Little Johnson is is the same dialogue, but it they switch the, the timing of it. Like he first says, stay low, they're expecting transports, not gunships. You know, and, and then they get into their conversation about the breakage. And then Big hmm. Johnson says, instead of uh, figure we'll take out the terrorists, figure we take out the terrorists, he says, figure we take out all of the terrorists. So, again, it's very, you know, it's very close. And then Little Johnson says, I can live with those numbers instead of I can live with that. But I think that I can live with that just flows much better. Instead of having to say, I can live with those numbers. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, makes, get, yeah. cut the words, cut the words. Exactly. I can live with those numbers. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I can live with that. And when Hans brings Holly in, it says a little bonus for us, shoving her forward violently. A policeman's wife might come in handy. So, you know, it's 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 very similar. You know, not not many discrepancies in this, this uh, in this minute here. So every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guests will give some sort of story about some sort of adventure, anecdote, misadventure, something that's happened to them uh, over the, the course of their lives that are related to the holidays. So what do you got for us, Mark? Anything? Yeah, I mean, when I, I think one of my best stories is when I was living in Korea, it was Christmas. And so no one really has their family around during Christmas. So you just kind of re, like get together as a group. So it was just me and my, my work friends. And I remember it snowed a little bit that night. So we just went outside, kind of had a group bonding session during Christmas, and I, it was like this really iced over walkway, and I took a piece of cardboard and I basically, like, skateboarded down it on a skate on a piece of cardboard, and I'm amazed I'm still alive. <laughs> so yeah, but it was you know when you're out you know normally you're used to having friends and family and uh, in Korea it's just nothing but kind of makeshift families you know that come and go because every you know contracts are different. But I just always remember that night. Uh, you know, I know I, I had about two and almost three months left until I left. So I was kind of on the tail end of my visit and I had made some good friends by then. And we just had a good time. We went out, nice snowy night, cold night, bundled up as much as I could because I was from Florida. I didn't bring that much and uh, just had a good time. It was fun. It was a good, good night. I'm not saying like, it wasn't especially, we didn't get any trouble. We didn't get arrested. We didn't, you know, kick down any doors. I mean, we drank a bunch of casts or height, whatever the beer are, some soju, 
but I'll always remember that I I skated down a an iced over thing on a piece of cardboard. Cool. Sounds like I, now, I, in, do they? I know that in Japan they talk about the fact they don't celebrate Christmas. Do they celebrate Christmas in uh, in Korea? I mean, there is Christianity. Uh, you know, the, there there's a decent amount of churches out there. Uh, I didn't go to a Korean church when I, you know, a Christian church when I went out there. But I mean, the people that I worked with were from Canada, were from Ireland, were from you know the United States. I mean. I was only American on my soccer team, but still in Australia and New Zealand, you still celebrate Christmas. So, right. you know, it's just the people you're around and you, you know, we didn't get each other gifts or anything, but I think it was just more like not being alone on that night okay. and just having like a unit together. But it, it was okay. just a good time. You know, you meet cool people, you have good stories, uh, but I'm just amazed I didn't break anything. That's my story right there. I didn't break anything doing something stupid. I got away with something. So that makes me happy. Like they did with this helicopter scene. Right. <laughs> All right, Mark, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, this is Mark uh, M. Hoffman on Twitter, Movies, Films, and Flicks, Movies, Films, and FLIX on Twitter. You can check out the podcast, Deep Blue Sea, the podcast, Con Air, the podcast. Yeah, check us out. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can go directly to my website. So until tomorrow, yippee ki yay! Yippee-ki-yay!